You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2016. Good to be back with you guys. Really hope you guys got to listen to my last podcast with Patrick Poole, our in-house national security advisor here. We really went around the globe. Lots of important stuff to talk about. And you know, before I bring in my co-host, Joe Koss, it's been a little while since we've had him on here. Um, you know, I, I want to focus on that point, that there is so much going on in the country and the world to talk about. Believe it or not, there's more to life than Trump's latest comments and the reaction to Trump's latest comments. All righty, Joe. Um, you know, at Conservative Review, I mean, it's endless. We, there's no way we could fit in a half an hour podcast here. All the stuff we have just in our vertical here, Conservative Conscience, on national security issues, judicial issues, legislative issues, stuff that will shape the future of the country, stuff that we could take a definitive stance on, yet we're ta- we're we're not talking about any of that. I mean, at Conservative Review, we are. It's all Trump. Trump's latest comments. Is he a racist or is he not a racist? What do you think? I mean, Joe, how do you think we could break out of this cycle of no matter what goes on in the world, we can't have an intelligent dialogue about our future because it's all about Trump's Kim Kardashian reality TV show. You know, I, I don't know. I, I was talking about this with somebody recently about, you know, the Trump effect and what it's going to have down ballot just as we look at different races. Uh, a friend in Alaska was talking about that Murkowski has a challenger once again, and the last time she had one, she lost in the primary and then won. And, what you know, whether Trump's going to play into that and how so. And, and I don't know. Trump has become so all-consuming. And the division that he's created within the right spectrum, the conservatives, uh, you just can't put people into into sort of like a binary sort of binary. I've been using it a lot because we've always viewed politics through like a binary lens, Republican or or Democrat or or once we shift to the right side of the spectrum, it's sort of like conservative or um, or establishment in, in about. Ten years ago, it was sort of like neocon versus the compassionate conservative. We always look at things in a black, white, one, two. And black and white has always been the way that people have sort of said, this is why binary exists. I don't want to say that they're shades of gray. I just don't think that Trump creates a binary system for conservatives or Republicans. I think he's done the opposite, which has kind of shattered things into a thousand pieces. And, and, and that's going to be hard to overcome because how do we coalesce under it? We saw it this week with, with Elmer's. I mean, Elmer's was uh, an establishment inside sort of Republican who Trump, the outsider, endorsed, and <laughs> she loses. And that wasn't the big no. news story. We reported that at Conservative Review. I mean, what's the biggest reason people are for Trump? His alleged perceived. He's going to go to Washington, immigration, and burn it down, and then rebuild it into golden, glittering Trump land. If I had to 
take out a dictionary and 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 put an insert there an entry the dictionary definition of the establishment that is Renee Elmers. I mean, she got there within a couple of months. She was very close with leadership, particularly Kevin McCarthy, majority leader. Um, she is the most fanatical open borders person around there. In fact, she was the only Republican out of 240 or so that voted against the amendment to block Obama's amnesty just for convicted child molesters. I mean, that's how convict, how dogmatic she was about this open borders agenda. And we're trying to knock her off, and Trump parachutes in and endorses her. So that was the bigger news than, Obama, than Trump's catfight in his personal Trump University uh, rift with, with, with the judge that he's now, you know, it's, it's saying, oh, he's a Mexican, I can't get a fair ruling out of him, and everyone's like, oh, that's racist. What do you think? Do you condone those comments? And we're not discussing the more, A, the more important problems with Trump than just the rhetorical things, and then B, the important things going on in the world. You know, in the, in this podcast, I like to go through some of the issues we're, we're, we're discussing here at Conservative Review this week that are important to our future, that that Republicans can be discussing. And through that, I think if Republicans really want to get out of the Trump trap, if they want to bypass it, they want to bypass this binary false choice, is to create your own binary choice. And how do you create a binary choice? Well, in politics, you're either driving the narrative or you're driven by it. If you're not driving the narrative and defining the political landscape, you're like a balloon in the wind, right? You will be a victim of that narrative. So right now, the narrative is all, are you with Trump's given daily comments or are you against them? Are you, do you think he's a racist or do you not think he's a racist, right? That that is the extent. Those are the contours of our political dialogue in the country right now. You could, you could seize that by changing the narrative, at Conservative Review, we've put out dozens of issues that Republicans could be focusing on. We had our top 10 winning issues Republicans in Congress could be pushing on a daily, weekly basis, beating the drumbeat on immigration, going after Obama for releasing criminal aliens, defunding that. I have an article coming out, should be out by the time of this, the posting of this podcast, on Obama stepping on the gas pedal. On refugee resettlement. I bet you haven't heard that in the mainstream or even conservative media that's just all consumed with the binary false choice about Trump. And by the way, wasn't Trump supposed to stop this? I don't hear a warning about it. But anyway, Obama is is having a race, a race in the, in the final months of his presidency to bring in as many refugees as possible. He set up what they call a surge center in Amman, Jordan, to just mass produce them. They're coming in now 100 per day. It started off 100 per month. It's now 100 per day. That's a big story. Uh, Where's Congress to put, put the brakes on this? Imagine if you had Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan saying, no, we will. We are closing up this surge center. We are not bringing any more refugees under the current circumstances. <laughs> I can tell you, Joe, that would change the narrative. That would change the discussion. Um, you have you have the NDAA, the Defense Authorization Bill, right now. Now we spoke about this a little bit on the last podcast. Um, uh, we're gonna just link up in our show notes my list of eight missed opportunities where Republicans could go after Obama on on both the failed missions of our military and the social engineering, women in combat, transgender serving openly in the military, and and kowtowing to that religious liberty problems in the in in, in the military. Um, 
our soldiers fighting for Iran and training Iranian Shiite militias in Iraq. Our special ops training Al-Qaeda-linked Syrian rebel groups in, in, uh, in Syria at the behest of Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Turkey. Our special ops on the ground in Libya doing who knows what while our government is supporting a coalition of Islamists instead of a sissy-style leader in Haftar there. We have this all in our piece. Uh, you know, we don't have time to get into now, but this guy's fighting the Islamists. We have a backwards military strategy, foreign policy, social engineering in the military. Morale is, 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 is in the toilet among our, our service members. And yet they're just going to rubber stamp the NDAA. McConnell wants to get it done. By late Friday, the NDAA will be passed without having held Obama accountable. And in fact, Joe, as you know, they made it worse. They Instead of going after the social engineering, they actually made it worse by putting in a provision that will potentially lead to a draft of all women in, in, in this country. So imagine if Republicans dealt with any one of those issues. Imagine if they just said, you know what? We're not funding the Syrian rebels anymore. You know what? We're going we're gonna to commission a study to look into women in combat in the military. And until that study is completed, the Pentagon cannot overrule the commanders on the ground. The Marines, as you know, um, we've written about this before. The Marines conducted a painstaking study and said, no, this is going to hurt our, our mission readiness to have them in direct um, ground combat uh, units. So wh- where where are they? Imagine if they did that. That would change the discussion. Imagine if they said no refugee resettlement. Imagine if in the DHS funding bill, which is going to come due in September, said, actually, we are going to stop DACA and DAPA. The court only stopped DAPA. And you know what? We are going to defund this PEP program that replaced secure communities, which has allowed... Um, ICE to release so many criminal aliens. Change the discussion to winning important issues. The media would be forced to cover that. And you know what? Donald Trump would actually have to take a stand on these issues. Right now, the only time he takes a definitive stance on something is when it becomes personal. So with this judge, it's personal. Right? (laughs) There's plenty of ways to go after the judiciary, not in a personal way. Go after their policies. I mean, Joe, you know, we're just talking off air um, before we went to recording here. The Ninth Circuit just came out with a ruling that essentially said there is no constitutional right to carry. Right? This is a big decision. So while you have the Ninth Circuit upholding, or I'm sorry, overturning most basic security laws, you know, states preventing illegal aliens from obtaining driver's licenses. You now have um, a fundamental right for an illegal alien to have a driver's license, but you don't have a fundamental right for an individual to carry any sort of weapon um, concealed or, you know, anywhere in, in public in contravention to the plain meaning of the Second Amendment. I mean, where is Donald Trump discussing judicial reform? Where is Congress discussing it? So again, this is my point. I understand not all issues are winning, but but Joe, if you took two or three issues from our grab bag of of winning issues, controversial issues, if nothing else, it would spark controversy on issues that are important. So the binary decision will be, do you support drafting our daughters or not? Do you support sending our troops, our special ops on the ground to fight for Al-Qaeda militias, Shiite militias, or do you not? 
Do you support releasing criminal aliens from prison or do you not? Do you support flooding the country with endless Sharia adherent refugees fresh off the battleground in Syria? Or do you support American sovereignty and protecting America so we don't become like Europe? Instead of, do you support the Kim Kardashian-style Trump thing, or is Trump the devil and a racist? Which is kind of a false choice. If members of Congress, if Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan do not want to be approached by the media 24-7 and have to comment on Trump, take your destiny into your own hands. And actually have the Republican Party stand for something on the important issues of our time. That will be the contours. That will define the contours of the political landscape. And then we can go from there. Trump will be an afterthought. But they are allowing Trump to fill the vacuum of media coverage. Because they're just sitting there doing nothing. So by default, Trump's going to define the landscape. I mean, Joe, do you have any better ideas of how Republicans take their destiny into their own hands? Well, there was a piece that came out today. Uh, I forget where it was, but they um, I think it was over at Ricochet. And they talked about how Trump in, is is kind of it's his own monster in the sense that he is going to do what he's going to do. And there's really no way to control him. And there's really no way to control the people in, in the GOP as to what they're going to do, whether they're going to support him, kind of support him, but distance themselves or whatever. But what's really important is re-winning the Senate. And I feel like we're stuck in this like wash, rinse, repeat cycle where it's back to the old, oh, if we can only keep the majority in both the Senate and the yeah. House, we'll be okay because the judiciary. And, and I get the sentiment of that. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk specifically about the judiciary because I do, and you, you may differ here, but I do kind of agree with that argument that the judiciary is so important but having said that the idea and if it starts to spread a little bit that that it's like oh if we can just keep the majority we can keep trump either in check or we can reverse the policies whatever it may be i think the best way to answer your question and grab hold of our destiny and everything is once again we need to elect more true conservatives all the way down ballot i mean to the local local level and when we do that, and we do it at the state legislature level, and we start reforming our rules, I mean, I think that this is a total rebuild. You know, if you want to use one of our famous sports, sports analogies, this is where maybe we just made the playoffs, or we, you know, made the playoffs, got booted in the first round, or just missed the playoffs. Rather than trying to add one person to the team to maybe make it into the, you know, the conference finals next year and maybe get a good run to go to the championship. I say we go, hey, look, we got some young guys, still some good people. We got Cruz. We got Lee. We got, you know, some people that could perform well, like, you know, Ben Sass. There's, you know, the verdict's still out on him. Uh, and, and, And then a few other people. And then in the House, the same way. Well, if we can start building our farm system at the state level and the state legislatures, and if we can start doing things, you know, one or two more congressmen and senators here or there, and we really reframe the subject, that's how we do it. Is that easy? No. Will it take a while? Yes. Is it is it risky in that maybe we don't succeed and we, we sort of forego the immediate future to do so? Well, maybe. But but sure. But we've been But there is no immediate right, future. We're stuck in this vicious cycle of Trump or not Trump. So if you're a conservative, there is nothing you can do at this point. So the best thing is to get out of it, to take your destiny in your own hands. And I think, you know, you touched on an important part. We've been, 
focusing on in some of our last couple episodes here about primaries, congressional primaries. You're really saying the second half of my monologue there. You know, what we need to be doing is having the binary system be a binary party and provide (laughs) opposition, an alternative on the given issues of our time. But we can't do that because we don't have men on the field. We don't have enough people in Congress that are willing to make five of the 10, 15 issues we focus on a conservative review a big deal every week or every month and, and you know, fight for these amendments, fight for these bills and, and, and at least embed in the public consciousness that there is another alternative. There are, there are A, important issues we need to be focusing on and there's another way to approach them. There's another way to approach foreign policy, military operations. There's another way to approach the judiciary. There's another way to approach immigration. Um, but we don't have that. Because we don't have men on the field. And as we noted, we can't get men on the field because he can't win primaries. Because they're rigged. It's all about money, name, ID, and media support. I'm not going to rehash that, but you know, you could go to our episode two weeks ago where I make the case for representative conventions instead of primaries. And we're going to have to win um, more conservative state legislators in order to change election law in those states. So you're absolutely right, Joe. We need to get more men on the field. So, you know, this is what we should be focusing on. You know, let me give you one example. And I, I know we tried to get our buddy Jaron Jackson on. He's running for Congress in Oklahoma's 2nd District against Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, McCarthy's water carrier. Uh, this guy is an amazing guy, 31-year-old West Point graduate. Um, he has my seal of approval. Very few people do. This guy put in 70000 of his own money. Keep in mind, he, he's, he's 31 years old, and he was in the military his entire adult life. So he really doesn't you know, have a lot of money. That, that's a lot of money to put on the line. He raised another 50000 That's as much as you could do. But I could tell you, Joe, he has no support. I, I'm not trying to bash other organizations here, but I just know the money is not there for him. And Tom Coburn has gotten in for him. Hopefully he'll raise some money. There's something wrong when we can't get a guy like that across the finish line in a, in a, in a cheap media market house district. There's something wrong. Again, we have failed to knock off any incumbent this year. And I know you're going to tell me about Renee Elmers, but you'll see my post on that if you guys haven't read it. That was different. It was two existing members were re districted into each other because of a crazy court decision and uh you know she was knocked off by another incumbent who's not so great himself but albeit a little less offensive than, than renee albers but generally speaking we are not knocking off incumbents and until we get men on the field to change the culture the focus, the priorities of the Republican Party so the American people could see what the Republican Party stands for in a substantive way outside of the Kim Kardashian, Donald Trump way, we're going to repeat this vicious cycle for the next five months where the entire party is defined by Trump's comments and the response to his comments. And you know, I, I want to focus on what, what, one other point I want to interject here. I resent some of these thumbsuckers. So again, this is basically the conservative movement. Rather than focusing on some of what we focus on a conservative review, taking our own destiny into our hands, charting process reforms, electoral reforms, issues we could focus on. It's all all the commentary is Trump is Hitler or Trump is not Hitler 
or we got to elect Trump at all costs because we can't have Hillary or Trump's the devil. I mean, I'm not taking a side in that, but I'm just saying it's it, it, it like you said, that false binary approach. It's stupid. So the people on the side that Trump's Hitler, they're all Ted Cruz is a coward because he runs away from the media every time they ask him to. Do you think the judge, his comments on that judge are, are racist? And, and, and Cruz like, I'll leave it to you to decide. Like, coward. No, why should he get drawn into that? Be, because the, the problem is, whatever you think about his comments, the minute you comment on them, it all, it all becomes defined about Trump's landscape, your view about his comments. No, Cruz wants to focus on the issues he's focusing on. This week, he was focusing on another issue I didn't have time to get to, but Obama's outsourcing the internet. We have control of the internet now. Obama's outsourcing it to the international community. That's a big problem. It's a national security problem. That's another thing that's been swept under the rug. He's he's look, he's doing his job. He's focusing on important issues, um, holding hearings, fighting for us, fighting, you know, drafting our women into combat. He's a lot bigger than this nonsense. <laughs> you know, let some of the members of Congress that don't do anything maybe focus on Trump's comments. But that's the point. We how many Ted Cruz's do we have, Joe? Two, three, four on any given day. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I mean, and, and and this is important. Lisa Murkowski, <laughs> is, she needs yeah. to go. And where's the focus on that? I want to talk about that. I, I'm not, I will tell you, and I can't speak for everyone else here at Conservative Review, but I will not get sucked into the endless punditry about Donald Trump's latest Kim Kardashian comments. We're going to focus and we're going to hold into account on the issues. I'd like to know where the hell he is on refugee resettlement. He was he was literally given the nomination because of that issue. Immigration broadly, what that represents. Obama, as we speak, a hundred of them are coming in every day and the pace is getting quicker. This is a huge priority of his. And there's no oversight. I mean, you know, Joe, when you have a political motivation to get something done that has national security implications, the security goes by the wayside. It is bring in as many as possible and and and, the, and you know the waiting time has gone down from 24 months to three months and it, he'll he'll condense it even more where's where's trump but he only comments on something when it when it affects him you know i i said back in the day that we we've incurred all the liabilities of having a so-called non-politically correct nominee but have enjoyed none of the benefits so in other words it's all the personal insults that we have to defend or not defend, but we don't benefit from the policies. So it's like, oh, this dumb Mexican, this Mexican judge. So I don't know. I mean, I can't defend. I have no problem with Mexican people, but I do have a problem with the endless immigration, illegal immigration from Mexico. But yet he's doing nothing. And as you mentioned, he endorsed the most open borders Republican. I find that a lot more offensive. That's what I want to talk about. Because that's beyond his personal rift with an individual that anyone who gets it you can't you can't judge trump's policies based on his comments because they're all related to who gets in his way if you get in his way personally he'll go after you but i want to know what you'll do as president as a matter of policy no discussion on that i mean and, and that's the thing we're committed to not getting sucked into those issues you know i think that 
you kind of hit it right on the head, and it's it, it's so hard because when you and I talk, I agree with what you say, and so sometimes when we're recording like this, I'm sort of left speechless in the sense that you're right. I mean, the problem with with the GOP and with the establishment and sort of with this Trump mania, the Trump train, whatever you want to call it, is that it, again, it's been fractured into so many different pieces that there's no way to coalesce a thought to go after a certain subset or group of people because it's all these people that have bought into the idea that overall Trump is going to go and do the things that he said during his campaign, mainly the beginning of his campaign, mainly this concept that he's going to go to Washington and burn it down and restart. But there's no evidence of that other than the rhetoric. The only evidence we have is like the Renee Elmers thing, and we already see that that's you know, he jumped on her train. Like, yeah. if, I, I, if he wants to burn it down, where is he supporting? He should support Jaron Jackson. Wh- Jim Bryan. He, he should support Mayor Dan Sullivan in, in Alaska. I mean, not that not that he has to do these things per se. But if I were Trump and I wanted to engender, even even if I didn't really even if it was just for show. But that's where I think it's so far removed from reality is he's. If if he was going to come out and be, you know sort of show that he's authentic, he would jump into Alaska and say Lisa Murkowski has a twenty four percent on the Liberty Store for CR or where I mean she doesn't store well anywhere. Um, As president, I need a Republican majority I could work with in order to provide that bold contrast and implement. A conservative he doesn't even have to say agenda. conservative. He can just I mean he, that's the thing. He doesn't even have to go to the hard right, and that's what scares me. He could easily just say, "I want to change Congress from the old way of thinking. It's time for new, fresh blood. That's why we need Mayor Dan Sullivan. You know who? You know because." Here's the thing. The mayor in Alaska, in Anchorage, if I remember correctly, and I might be wrong, I'm, I'm going off the t- top of my head here, but I think it was Mark Begich who, who lost to the other Dan Sullivan last time. So you have that bold, like, Democrat versus Republican, blue versus red. He could say, so Mayor Dan Sullivan came in and cleaned up Anchorage, just like I'm going to do in Washington, D.C., or like you said, with Mark Wayne Mullen. I mean, Trump could go out and risk a couple of these guys that even if they win, it, he doesn't even have to, like, court, you know, he doesn't even have to accept them. But 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 you know what, Joe? It's all yes. cronyism. Renee Elmers was yes. the first House member to endorse him. There you go, despite her being LaRouse's favorite person. So th- this is the problem. And, and in case our listeners don't know, you know, why, why Joe is so passionate about Alaska. Joe, I mean, gave up his, his time, moved from Michigan back to Alaska to uh, campaign for Joe Miller. He was on the Joe Miller campaign six years ago to take out Lisa Murkowski. So those of us here at Conservative Review, our principles go beyond are you for or against Donald Trump or his latest comments. We're, you know, we have experience working on primaries, congressional primaries, issues. We're going to continue focusing on, on these issues. That's our commitment here. And we cannot allow the Democrats to define the, the baseline of, of different issues, you know, just like they did with the military and women in combat. That's the baseline. Now we're going to mandatorily draft them. No, it's time to push back and provide a bold contrast. That is how you get around the Trump trap. You start making headlines that do not pertain to Trump. You start doing bold things. But so long as the Republicans continue doing nothing, 
And we could put together, you know, I was thinking, Joe, one day I was thinking of going back into my archives just for the last six months. I could put together just based on my article, certainly um, the other terrific writing we have here at Conservative Review, a hundred issues to fight back against Obama in the next couple of months. Pick one or two of them. You know, have a righteous fight. Have all the Republicans singing from the same tune. Just on one issue, that will change the landscape. It will give people a reason to vote for Republicans. But again, it, that's that that ship has sailed. This party is broken. We will not change it until we get more men on the field. More next week. We'll 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 be back on this. We're gonna have more guests. I look forward to having some of these primary challengers, some of these guys on our podcast, so you guys can meet them. Maybe you guys could even contribute and help if you really wanna um, contribute to the cause. We got to get our men on the field. Getting our men on the field will allow our issues to get on the field. Having the issues on the field will therefore re reorient the entire political landscape towards a position of strength, towards a direction that we could actually win. Not this false choice of stupid comments versus do you think Trump's a horrible racist or is he the best man alive? There's a lot more important things to discuss. We'll continue discussing that. Mark Levin will continue discussing that. Sign up for LevinTV.com as well. Until next time, thank you for listening and God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.